Welcome back, everyone, to the Kingdom REI podcast. This is your host, Ellis Hammond, founder of the Kingdom REI Mastermind, and this is the podcast for you as a faith-driven business leader in the world of real estate, of investing, uh, of entrepreneurship, really of any area uh, where you're looking to uh, advance God's kingdom, to build profit and impact. And let me ask you a question. How would you like over the next five years to grow your company by 500% while at the same time building an award-winning culture. Uh, well, today we got an incredible guest, Mr. Bobby Albert, who literally has done that exact process from 2006, 2011, he grew his company over 500%. Uh, that's amazing. But I think what's also really cool is that he really built an award-winning culture, one of the top 100 in Texas. Um, I believe two years in a row, and he's literally written the book on culture and profit um, and a brother in the Lord who really seeks to advance God's kingdom in every area of life. So really pumped about this episode. Bobby, welcome to the show, brother. Well, thank you very much. It's a real pleasure to be on your show, Ellis. Um, well, man, we got a lot to get into. I mean, I think people are eager to hear about this topic. And, uh, you, you know, you just did a challenge on this the other day about how we can infuse our passion and the principles of our faith to grow the profit and impact of our business. And I think sometimes, you know, we all like the, we don't think about the alignment of those coming together. And I think you're going to really help us kind of come up with that. Is that the case today? Yes, it is. Um, well, man, let's, let's get in. I'm really pumped. If you don't mind, let me just pray for us. Love to open up our show in prayer and ask God to really bless this. So father, we give this time over to you today. We pray for a powerful, um, hour, 30, 45 minutes, whatever we have together, uh, and that you would bless this time, that you would anoint this time, um, and Lord, that wherever people are listening now, uh, that you would remove those distractions, you allow them to focus in, and they would take one thing here today, uh, God, that you're, that the Spirit would give them and apply that back into their faith, their life, their business, and really begin to, to, uh, to have powerful impact, God, to bring them closer to you and to really multiply their impact and their income. We pray that in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So Bobby, let's, uh, uh, let's talk, let's, let's do this, man. 30,000 foot view. Talk to us right now, kind of what you're building currently. And then I want to back up, man, cause you've, you've built multiple businesses. You've acquired multiple businesses. So just kind of introduce yourself. So our audience can get to know who you are right now today. And then let's back up, man. Cause there's a lot of history we got to get into. <laughs> well, uh, you know, uh, if this uh, answers your question is that, uh, uh, my dad started uh, an upholstery and a refinishing business in 1938. And in the late 50s, uh, him listening to his customers, uh, one thing, well, one thing if I can share this is back then, uh, we, uh, uh, you know, they didn't have, you know, retail furniture stores all over the place like we see today and so back then a lot of people would have uh, their complete home reupholstered and refinished and it just so happened they were moving and they were asking him to move them as well and so he started a moving and storage business and I was very fortunate as a little boy to be able to hang out with my dad a lot uh, and uh, I mean, I knew who the bankers were, the people that handled our insurance, uh, the, the people that uh, uh, back then, that <laughs> uh, we even had full service gasoline station. And I knew the people that put the gasoline uh, in the trucks. Uh, and so uh, uh, one thing that uh, I learned a really a powerful message was that uh, uh, when I was 12 years old, now, my dad let me go out on my first moving job. And, um, uh, but right before I went out, he said, Bobby, now when you go out there, I don't want you to act like the boss's son. Now, I, I, I tell you what, when I think back, I don't know how at 12 years old, I, I knew exactly what he meant. And so when I went out on that job, I took on that servant uh, leader's 
role as the boss's son. And I, uh, I did the work that the others didn't want to do. I would, uh, uh, I would run between the truck and the house and uh, I would uh, take one break to their two breaks. And, but I didn't realize how valuable that was going to be uh, until uh, late years later. Uh, when I was 20 years old, life was really good. I had just graduated from our local university. I became engaged to marry my wife. Life was indeed very good. And, uh, but there is one evening I will never forget. I was playing foosball with my college buddies when a friend came up to me and said, Bobby, your dad's in the emergency room. He's had a heart attack. So we rushed to the hospital and upon seeing, seeing me, my mom quickly got up as our family doctor was uh, walking toward us. And uh, he drew in a deep breath and he said, I couldn't save him. My mom and I were absolutely stunned. In an instant, I became the leader of our small five-employee business. And soon, <laughs> soon I discovered we were heavy in debt. In fact, all our debt was short-term. In other words, it was due in less than a year. And our debt was, get this, our debt was about the same as our total gross revenue. And not good. I mean, financially, we were way upside down. And so I was in crisis mode every day, much like what we've been experiencing during these challenging health and economic times and along with some, you know, the hurt and unrest that's going on in our country. However, we survived, then thrive, and ultimately grew to over 150 employees. And we grew the business, uh, not only in, you know, nationally, but we also grew it internationally. And through the tough times, I learned that everyone can build a successful life, business, uh, and, uh, uh, and, and to live a, uh, build a culture where people thrive and profits soar and where, you know, Christian business leaders uh, can, can integrate the Lordship of Jesus Christ into every area of their life. And that also includes their workplace and also in the marketplace. Real estate professionals, I'm talking to you. Are you serious about growing and scaling your real estate business or portfolio this year? Do you lack a community of peers who share your ambitious vision and love for God? Listen, I know early on I felt like I had to choose between these two passions. Oftentimes my communities were split between business and faith, and there really wasn't a place where both entrepreneurial success and kingdom advancement was being celebrated. This is why we started the Kingdom REI Mastermind, the real estate mastermind for kingdom leaders who are investors, fund managers, syndicators, brokers, lenders, eager to honor God and transform their communities through business success. Look, we've helped more than two dozen real estate professionals just like yourself find resources, partners, or just even giving them permission to take their business to the next level while keeping the main focus on the kingdom of God. So, uh, listen, if you're interested, this is truly an application-only community. Why? Because inside of our mastermind, relationships are everything. We believe this is the key to growth. And I want to invite you to see if you qualify by heading over to thekingdomrei.com and filling out an application. I personally screen all applications, and if I think we can help you, we'll set up a call to discuss further. Look, there's no reason you shouldn't head over to thekingdomrei.com to learn more. Request your invitation. Start building relationships and doing deals with the best kingdom leaders in the industry. We have testimony after testimony to prove that you are literally one connection away from the faith, the family, and the business success that you desire. 
So don't wait any longer. Head to thekingdomrei.com. So, so how old were you when that's when you took that over when your father passed away? I was 20 years old. Wow. So how do you catch up, Bobby? Like, you know, I, I entered in this world of entrepreneurship, you know, in my mid-20s after coming out of being a pastor and a missionary. And I'll be honest with you, man, I, I went to school for business. Like I went, I went and got a college education. And what I learned real quick is I didn't know squat about business. <laughs> um, and so I think a lot of people find themselves, they start, you know, they want to start their own company um, or, you know, they, they want to go to the next level and realize quickly, I don't know if I've actually ever been trained on really how to grow and build people and lead and cultures. And, um, and so a lot of this, man, I've had to learn or relearn or, or invest in to learn. And so how did you catch up so quickly to be able to turn that company around and begin to grow that? Well, uh, I tell you what I had, uh, there's, uh, you know, when I look back, I think the Lord instilled in me to be a leader. I mean, I can even remember when I was a, you know, even in elementary school, I, I was a guy that they wanted to be a, the captain of, a, you know, like out on the, on the, um, you know, out on the recreational, you know, field, you know, whatever it was or playing a sport. And, and so people have always asked me to lead this or lead that. So that that's always been a plus, but to be honest with you, a lot of it was just uh, uh, observing and uh, having uh, somehow the Lord, in, you know, put in me uh, a real high sense of uh, self-awareness of what was, what was going on, uh, you know, you know, in me and, and around me. And, um, uh, and I think that's been a, a really a contributing factor, but I tell you what, with a lot of people helping me, you know, I mentioned about when my father died, when I was 20, well, within one year, we grew our revenue by 252%. And um, we had the highest profit in the history of the company at that time. And it just seemed like our company just kept growing, kept growing, kept growing, kept growing, kept growing. And just like you mentioned, uh, you know, from 2005 to 2011, and you know what the economy was doing, it was in the tank uh, during that time. But even at that, we grew our revenue and profits uh, by 500%. I'm I'm just doing the math here. How two five two thousand five two thousand eleven? How long had you owned the business at that point, though? I mean, it seems like there were a lot of years in there that were maybe not five hundred percent growth. Is that the case? Well, that's true uh, because we had you know multiple recessions. You know, during that time, uh, uh, they they were business challenges. Yeah. Uh, uh, they was uh, in the um, Early '90s, I uh, invested uh, uh, four million dollars into a new division uh, in our company, and uh, it was the right idea, but it was the wrong time, hmm. and uh, it didn't take off. And I kept the bank, you know, uh, informed of where we were going because. When I could see, I could, it was like, I could smell that this dog might not hunt here. And, uh, and uh, we end up breaking some bank covenants during that time. And uh, that, you know, the, our, at the bank, our account got flagged, you know, and so I had to move the business. And so they were, you know, there were times, uh, I, you know, part of, <laughs> I have this uh, uh, abundance mindset, uh, and uh, I, you know, I, I see things uh, uh, in a very positive light. Also, in, in in my company, I was always Mr. Idea Man. I, I the Lord just blessed me to have a you know to be a visionary, and. Uh, and I think that's the reason why over the years we started several different types of businesses and 
or added to what we already had, or uh, I was, I just had a, a keen sense of observing trends in the marketplace mm -hmm. and um, was able to act on them. There's a lot of questions I got for you, but let me ask you this. So a lot of our listeners are CEOs or whatever, leaders of um, small to medium-sized businesses, I would say. There may be a few larger um, CEOs listening to our show, but I would say we really target kind of small, medium-sized business, real estate companies. Most real estate companies don't take a huge um, team per se to grow and build a large portfolio um, or really really run a large uh, a, a large um gross. So my question is, is in terms of culture, because that's something you've developed and built principles around, you know, how important it is to think about building systems and structures, or just even this idea of culture, when maybe you have a small team, or you're the leader of, you know, two or three or four employees. And I think maybe we desire to grow our company, but we're not there yet. Talk about you know, what you were doing or what, like, if you're, if you're talking or leading or coaching, you know, a CEO of four or five employees, is, is culture really all that important at that point when you're just leading a small team like this? It, 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 it definitely is. I mean, even if you were a single entrepreneur, uh, it, it plays a factor in uh, how you behave, uh, not only how you interact with your customers, but how you even care for your customers. And I, uh, where this culture started, uh, it, it was developing beforehand, uh, but uh, uh, it, uh, in 1987, a long time ago, I, uh, there were a couple of things that uh, took place in that year. Is one, I started a daily quiet time. And uh, if, if I can share this, I, I, what I'm about ready to share, I'm not asking you to pat me on the back or congratulate me, you know, congratulate me, but I've never missed a day uh, of, of a quiet time with the Lord, except one time when I was traveling. Mm -hmm. And also during that, that spring of 1987, I started seeing my work as a ministry and not a job. And, uh, it, you know, when I was praying about that, it's like, okay, Lord, I've declared it. Now what? Well, at that time I was teaching, uh, high school boys at my church and the lesson I was teaching on, I was thinking, boy, adults need to know this. So I, uh, uh, started a weekly Bible study, uh, in our place of business. And it, it surprised me how many employees showed up because, you know, it was volunteer. And uh, I mean, I, I conducted those uh, Bible studies uh, until we sold the company, unless I was traveling out of town on business or something like that. And, uh, uh, but our ministry, uh, we uh, originally, the, the ministry, we're really the foundation of it uh, is in Colossians uh, uh, 3, 23 and 24 was the foundational verse. And, and what that says is that whatever you do, and to me, it is exactly what it says, whatever you do. Uh, I, I mean, to me, like if uh, not only, at, you know, with your family or at church, uh, but is that if you're at the convenience store or you're walking through Target or Walmart or if you're out on a soccer field or a baseball field or, you know, whatever you do, it goes on to say, work at it with all of your heart. And our employees, they heard me review this, uh, these uh, foundational verses here for at least four times a year to the whole organization. And I would share with them when it says work at it with all your heart is that excellence is an all-time thing, not a sometime thing. Hmm. And then it goes on to say that, uh, that, uh, that, uh, that you're as working for the Lord, not men. In other words, our employees knew when they came to work, uh, they came to work for the Lord Jesus Christ and not Bobby Albert. 
Hey, real estate investors, those of you still on the fence about the Kingdom REI Mastermind, I want to let you know about an upcoming event we have in August of this year in Dallas, Texas. We are bringing together some of the biggest names, brightest minds of the multifamily industry for a three-day event. This is the exclusive opportunity for our Kingdom REI Mastermind to really get together and learn from industry leaders who are also kingdom-minded and the chance to rub shoulders with the right partners who can help you grow and scale your real estate business. So if you're interested in the Kingdom REI Mastermind and attending an event like this, go to thekingdomrei.com to request your invitation. That's thekingdomrei.com. And uh, then it goes on and says, since you know that you will receive uh, an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. So in other words, uh, our employees knew that when they came to work every day, they came for this higher purpose of serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And to give you a little flavor to that, and this uh, uh, is that, you know, in our organization, we had the traditional organization chart, like with me at the top, so that people could understand roles and responsibilities. But what I did I also took that organization chart and turned it upside down and put me at the bottom. And this ties back about when Jesus said, I came to serve and not be served. So I took on the role to, uh, to serve and to develop and equip the leadership team. It was their, they knew it was their role to serve and equip and to develop the, uh, the like supervisors and it, it just kept going up to the frontline employees and uh, and at the top of the organization was the frontline employees but on top of them was the customer because as you know Ellis unless we got customers uh, we we got you know we're not in business <laughs> and uh, so uh, so the customer was at the top but even on top of that, it was the Lord Jesus Christ. Bobby, let, let me just pause real quick. You speak, I, I think I love that, man. I think if you're people like they're nodding, this is good, man. Like nodding in a good way. Like, okay, I, I'm tracking with you. What if though you're in a company and you know, those, a lot of people are in a real estate industry and they're, they're not working with Christians, but yet I love that where you help giving them the vision of you're working for something bigger than me, right? Like, do your, do your employees have to be Christ followers to really begin to build this type of culture? Well, that's an excellent question because I didn't know who was a Christian or not. And, and I, I didn't go around a place of business and beat people over the head with a Bible or anything like that. I uh, lived out my Christian faith and, and my behaviors and, uh, Part of the, uh, the culture that we built uh, in the organization, we divided it up in, uh, between like mind, body, spirit, and emotions. Now to us, emotions is not like emotional. It was really about how to have healthy relationships. And uh, just to give you a few little flavors, what I mean by how we uh, develop this culture. And by the way, this ministry to our people, to our employees first, but we, we eventually learn how to minister to customers and suppliers that I, I'd be glad to share. But uh, it is that uh, uh, it, the whole logistics took on such a, a, a strong flavor in our organization is that we had to hire an extra person in our human resource department just to help us manage this whole ministry activity. But let me just kind of share a couple of sample of things uh, when I mentioned about the mine. Uh, our business, uh, the peak season was during the summer. And so during non-peak season, we spent a great deal of time and effort and money on uh, training and development of people. And uh, we also provided educational assistance to attend the local university or the local junior college or some other type of an assistance. 
Uh, we also had every spring, we had what was called a mover skill rodeo. And it was uh, the crews, uh, moving crews uh, would compete on levels <laughs> of skills. That's and awesome. The rodeo. And there were five events. And uh, then the whole company was involved because we had to have judges, you know, from administrative employees. And then we have big old luncheon. It was a big party. Uh, and like we had a top dog award and, you know, all those kind of things. And then when we talk about the, the, the body is that uh, uh, what we talk about there is that the, uh, uh, we had a very strong wellness program in our organization. We would bring in uh, the hospital or one of the clinics once or twice a year just to do simple things like take blood pressure checks, uh, uh, you know, uh, check the cholesterol levels, uh, talk to the people that are wanting to quit smoking, you know, or just, you know, all kinds of things. Uh, and then we, we had a, a weight loss competition that we would have it a once or twice a year. It was called Move It and Lose It. And uh, they would be uh, every uh, once a week, there'd be a weigh-in and there were prizes based on, you know, the success there. And then we paid also for uh, gym memberships uh, for employees that were interested in doing that. And then when we get into the, the you know, we're talking about mind, body, spirit. Now on the spirit, I already mentioned about the weekly Bible study. I also started uh, many years ago uh, subscribing to a chaplain service located in Dallas, Texas. It was called Marketplace Chaplains. Uh, they're even internationally now. And uh, we, by the time I sold the company, we had four chaplains that did worksite visits uh, once a week. They did hospital visits. And this was for the whole family. Uh, they, were, they were on call 24-7. It was all kept confidential. Uh, they, uh, uh, they would do weddings and funerals at no charge uh, for employees. Uh, we also had uh, prayer teams praying for, you know, employee needs that, you know, were submitted. I would pay for all the expense uh, for women to attend a women of faith conference. Uh, tip, you know, because of where I lived, uh, they had to travel to some, you know, another city. We would pay for all their expenses uh, at my church. Uh, once a year, they had a, what was called a men's uh, beast feast, and I would buy tickets for the men that wanted to attend. Uh, uh, we would also uh, buy Christian concert tickets for employees that were interested in getting those tickets. We would pay for financial and marriage enrichment <laughs> workshops. You know, Bobby, what you, you know, all this stuff you're buying that, you know, this, we've had lots of conversations with business owners, you know, what I love about all of this, man. And the, and this is where I want to go to next is you can't do any of those things that I think about the hundreds, if not thousands of lives, man, you've impacted the families, the lives that were transformed, um, through that business, you wouldn't be able to do any of that man without profit, you know, like if you didn't build and create and sustain a profitable company uh, that allowed you to go and bless your employees that way. Um, and so that's why I want to act like go there, man. How does that culture create profit revenue? You talked about, you know, a thriving culture where uh, profits soar. Um, talk, talk to us about how that translates in the importance of as you're coaching businesses and CEOs, um, how that translates into profit, because ultimately, as a Christ follower, as a Christ CEO, a Christian CEO, our business, our work is our ministry. And that's an, you, you just laid out so many examples of how we can uh, do, do ministry and business, but we do need to be focused on profits in order to do that. So talk about how that translates into greater profits for the company. Yeah, uh, the, uh, uh, you know, we, uh, uh, we had, we measured, you know, we had monthly, uh, biz, we call them business reviews and we were measuring, you know, our success. Uh, but the thing I learned is that uh, early on, you know, when I was first starting, you know, trying to grow the business, 
I was pretty heavily focused on give me the results, give me the results, give me the results. But I finally learned that was to focus on the people that gave me the results. Mm. And I, I learned that uh, I, these things uh, I'm, I've been sharing with, it, it was like I couldn't, I could not overgive uh, to our employees. It, 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 it was really kind of a, a paradox uh, because they gave me so much back. The, the, the signal that they kept hearing from Bobby Albert was, I care for you. I care for you. I care for you. I want the best for you. I want you to have uh, the best family, you know, that you've, you're trying to grow. You know, uh, I, I, I want you to have a great life, even if after you leave here, that's okay. And I, it, when I sold a company, uh, if you were walking around our place of business and were interviewing employees, uh, they would talk with you as though they own the company, not Bobby Albert. And you can't buy that stuff. It, it's, in other words, we created a culture uh, that people came to work. I know this sounds almost impossible, you know, <laughs> uh, but people came to work with excitement, with enthusiasm and, and, and passion and what they came. And they were just as interested in seeing the best uh, in their coworkers, uh, seeing the best in their customers uh, is, uh, uh, it, it uh, we had a, uh, one of the things that I teach, it's a workshop I do, it's called Inside Outside, and it's an internal customer concept uh, where employees see their internal customers uh, as well as, you know, the external customer. But uh, the phrase that comes with that is that, is that our service, uh, our service to our external customer can only be as good as our service to each other. And uh, so the, uh, you, you know, it's internally, did we have people have disagreements? Yes. Did we had to fire people? Yes, we had to do that. We had some people, you know, that would underperform. Or, or they violated some, you know, company policy. Uh, but generally, our people clearly understood our core values, who we were, our purpose, why we existed. They they understood our vision, where we were going, and they clearly also understood what I call super objectives. In other words, what we want to accomplish at the end of the day when they walk out the door, what is it that every day we want to accomplish? And you already brought up one of them, uh, is that at the end of the day, the question I was challenging our employees uh, was, uh, did we delight the customer and increase operating profits? And, 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 and the message that they kept, the message we had internally about, People, employees clearly understanding what we stood for and all those kind of things. It was very simple. It wasn't complex. It wasn't a bunch of words. It may be because, hey, I'm from Texas. I'm a simple man with a simple mind, and I just like to keep things simple. Go back to that, Bobby. The question you challenged your employee at the end of the day was, did we delight the customer? And what was the second piece? Uh, did we increase offering profits? And we got sophisticated enough that we were able to provide our employees through a SharePoint system, you know, Microsoft SharePoint, real-time uh, profitability uh, as the day was going on. But we also gave them real-time uh, from, because we were relocating uh, tens of thousands of customers and so we had a lot of data coming in on how well we were delighting the customer. And so uh, to give you an, what we meant by delighting the customer, 
is we broke things down between delighting the customer uh, or satisfying the customer or having a dissatisfied customer. A dissatisfied customer, you can, you know, you probably already know what that is. A satisfied customer, what means for us internally meant that uh, all we did was to meet their expectations. But a delighted customer, we, uh, we gave them, we, this was an internal term, we gave them a triple E experience. In other words, an experience that exceeded their expectations. Mm. It, it's challenging to do that. Mm -hmm. But when you do, you get customers for life. And that was our purpose, customers for life. Mm. And so, uh, but we, you know, we, but a lot of this comes from, if I can add this, Ellis, is one thing that was very strong in our company, we call it the one, two, three. And what it was, we, before I even heard of the term engagement, that's exactly what we did. We, we involved our, remember I was talking about, I learned how to focus on the employees to develop them, to help them grow and uh, to, uh, but part of the engagement we had with them, they participated in the decision-making process. And that's where the ownership came from. It is, uh, they, uh, you know, Bobby Albert still had to make the final decision, but at least they had an opportunity to contribute uh, their best recommendation of how we should do this or how sh should we change that or uh, could we try this out? You know, those yeah. kind of things like that. Bobby, go. So this is so good, man. I feel like this is a masterclass on culture today. I mean, I can't literally, this is what this is a masterclass on culture. Maybe that's the title of this episode. And clearly you, you are one of the masters of building culture. The hardest thing I find right now in leading and growing my business is getting, I can't do everything right. No one can really run a big, have a big vision and do everything. So how do you, from the beginning, because what you said, you said something in there that, um, you know, everyone was on the same page with this. Like, how do you get that vision of what Bobby Albert wants and expects of his, the, the ultimate vision of his company and how, and have your middle managers or other people that aren't you actually go and in, you know, and interact like that. Like, how are you doing that on the front end? so that anyone can come in, understand what the expectation of that culture is, and then go live that out without you actually being there. From the way you run your rodeos to the way that you delivered your product, how did you set, how do you, what would you say to someone who, again, small, medium-sized businesses trying to build or set a vision now so that they can build on top of that and keep, you know, true to really what they, they have in mind? Well, uh, one of the things that uh, uh, we would do is when we uh, we had a pretty rigorous hiring process, and uh, I, I mean I'll be honest with you, in the early years, uh, I was hiring people on on competence. In other words, I look at the resume; they look pretty sharp. You know, they're smart you know, all that kind of stuff, they were hired. But then I found myself firing them over character issues. Hmm. So I finally, <laughs> it took me, I think, let's see, maybe 20 years to learn this. Because uh, I had a guy that, uh, that ended up mentoring me for many years. Uh, he had a technique that I learned from is that when, when I started interviewing employees, uh, I finally learned to do the technique like he did. You know, typically people will give you their resume. Well, I'd do like he would do. I would lay it on the side. I wouldn't even pay any attention. And I would ask them a lot of uh, high quality discovery questions to find out who they were or their character qualities. And it was simple questions like, well, hey, you know, uh, let's take maybe like in high school, you know, 
who was your favorite teacher? Well, why did you like them? Well, when they started giving you a description why they liked them, that probably told you a lot about their character qualities. If you ask them, well, what about who was the teacher you really didn't like at all? And they start describing the behaviors of that teacher that tells you uh, what they don't like to see. And you could ask the same question about, uh, you, you know, if they played a sport, let's say they played football. Well, who was your favorite coach? Well, it was so-and-so. Well, tell me, why did you like that coach? Right. And uh, I finally learned these techniques like this to start hiring on character quality first before I was worried about how smart they were. And, uh, and then after we hired people, we would take them through a, uh, an, you know, a very strong uh, orientation program. We would teach them these, these things. Of course, it's like trying to learn something from a water hose, you know, a fire hose, I mean. And um, so, uh, but by being in and start in, you know, interacting with other employees, they begin to know, understand the culture is like, this is just the way we do things around here. Yeah. And, 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 uh, uh, and, you know, so they, there's some things they have to learn by just, you know, being part of the culture. Now, let me just say this about culture. Uh, cause I find so many, uh, business leaders make this mistake. They make, they choose to make culture their goal, but culture is the fruit, not the goal. It's kind of like the fruit of the spirit in our life. It, uh, you know, uh, where Christians could maybe get off tiltered by making the fruit of the spirit a goal in their life rather than living and, you know, by, uh, by, you know, by their, uh, their relationship with the Lord would drive the fruit of the spirit being uh, demonstrated out of their life and, and overflowing into other people's lives. So uh, it, it's uh, uh, in our company, I mean, I could tell you some more things that we did uh, and, and uh, but they weren't, they weren't the goal to build a strong culture. It was the fruit. And, and when it becomes the fruit, you tap into the will of the people. And when you tap into the will of the people, man, that's where you have transformational leadership that takes place in the organization. Mm. Bobby, this is excellent, man. Let me ask you this last question. If someone's sitting here listening and they're an entrepreneur, sole entrepreneur, or they're starting out in their company, um, or they got a large, you know, they got a few employees. If they're listening and say, you know what, I, I just kind of got into this and started building, making profits, but I've never really took the time to figure out what culture do I want to build and create. And I don't really feel like I'm living in or I have the culture yet. What would be, what's the starting point today for them? Um, and how urgent is it that they go do this? But talk about the urgency and then where do they start to begin to kind of build this type of, the, or, or to start to build the culture they want to they want. Yeah, the, the urgent starting point is to take on the attitude that Jesus was telling his disciples that I come to serve and not be served. Hmm because so many business Christian, it doesn't make any difference Christians or, you know, believers or unbelievers, uh, they hire employees to serve who? To serve them. And when, they, when the employees come to work every day to serve the boss, they're not serving the customer. And, and the customers are the ones that are gonna buy service, you know, products and services. So, the starting point would to take on the attitude that I'm here to serve 
it sounds counterintuitive. It sounds weird that I hire these people so I can serve them. I mean, it, 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 I mean, it, it, in a lot of ways, it doesn't sound like common sense, but I learned that I, I could not outserve the people. And a lot of the things we did, uh, they didn't cost us much. Because so many people think that a lot of these kind of things like you know, I started out, you know, mentioning is, uh, it, I, you know, that's bound to take a lot of money to, to do those things. Well, it really doesn't. It really doesn't. And um, uh, because the employees will give you so much back that drives the bottom line profits. And I uh, and we had for my industry, it, when I sold my company, if, if my, cause I served on the national, you know, trade association, if my industry knew uh, the size of my company, they, it would, it would warp their brain. If they even knew how profitable we were, cause we were as profitable as some of the biggest players in the marketplace. And I, it, it would blow their mind. But I, I can't say I would because I was really smart and I, you know, I led so well and things. It was really our people. That's the reason why in our core values, we have a, uh, we have a core value statement and it's called people, people, people. Hmm. Guys, uh, if you want to follow up on this conversation about culture. I just can't believe our time's already at, at an end. Um, Bobby is literally, clearly a master at building, creating culture. Um, he's been so gracious with his time today, Bobby. Thank you so much, man. You do have a resource though, if people want to take action on this, where they can go learn uh, or get a checkup on their culture. Uh, what is that resource and where do people go to continue this conversation with you? Well, I, I appreciate you allowing me to offer that. It's, it's uh, simply bobbyalbert.com slash culture checkup. It's like treated, everything's treated like one word, bobbyalbert.com slash culture checkup. Yeah, we'll make sure we put that in the show notes. Bobby, this has been awesome, man. Seriously, uh, for you know a lot of the reason I do these podcast shows, is just to get free advice. And I feel like I've gotten a lot of it, man. I got a page of notes. And so I really want to thank you so much um, for coming on and, and creating this. Um, you know, I haven't asked this question. Uh, let me ask this. Let, let me ask one last question to you. Um, what's something, this is always a funnel. What's something you've changed your mind over in the last six months? What's something you changed your mind on in the last six months? And this could be anything. This could be food. This could be fun. This could be business. But something that you've changed your mind on in the last six months before we get out of here? Well, uh, I, uh, it's actually been just a little bit longer than six months, but before the COVID hit, uh, I made uh, a, a pivot because uh, previously I was speaking and coaching and doing workshops for uh, just, you know, any Christian, I mean, I'm sorry, any business leader and uh, or organization but i decided to target christian business leaders and the reason why is that over the past years because i'm i'm living what you know what i call i'm living out my second half of life i don't have to do this uh you know i'm just very i was very blessed the people that uh, the publicly traded company that bought bought my company they blessed me financially and so uh, I'm doing this because I want to, and I want to share these things with people. And, uh, 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 but so I pivoted to target, to speak more toward Christian business leaders. And what I found because of the Holy Spirit living in them uh, was guiding them to have uh, discernment and insight at what I was teaching because I was seeing just bit, you know, unbeliever, uh, business leaders is they just weren't getting it. They just, cause it didn't seem to make sense to them. 
because they're more interested in give me more money, give me more money, give me more money, uh, regardless if it hurt people. It, it was it, it was more, you know, their mindset is uh, in an expedient way is uh, for short term gain and profits. Uh, but see, in my mind, uh, I, I, I live a, what I call a principal life. In other words, I'm, I'm willing to take short-term uh, sacrifices and, um, and, and invest uh, for the future because I've seen in my life uh, is that when I do, I get long-term growth, success, and blessings for that. And the thing for all of us to remember, every moment we make choices and our choices make us. Mm. So let's allow the Holy Spirit to be guiding in our choices that we're making so that we can make more, make godly, you know, led by uh, godly wisdom rather than human wisdom uh, to run our businesses. Mm. Guys, uh, bobbyalbert.com forward slash culture checkup. Make sure you go get this resource. Man, thanks so much uh, for coming on. Seriously, we loved having you. Thank you very much. Well, this has been a pleasure. I have fun. I get started and I can't yet. <laughs> Can you lose already been an hour? Listen, everyone, make sure you screenshot this episode. If you know someone or if you say, man, this is hitting me, I got to go work on culture and you know somebody else has got the same issue or you're like, this could help a lot of other business owners, screenshot this episode right now, go share it on LinkedIn, share it on Instagram, Facebook, wherever you do social media and be like, Hey, you got to go listen to the kingdom REI podcast. These are Christian business leaders pumping out fire episodes every single week. So make sure you go tell your friends. I love doing this. I can't wait to keep creating great content for you. Just help me out by sharing. That's all that I ask. Thanks so much, everyone. Thank you, Bobby. We'll see you next week. All Cheers. right. Thank you. Hey, just because the show's over doesn't mean the journey is. Listen, if you are a faith-driven real estate professional or investor, then you'll want to go to thekingdomrei.com to learn about our mastermind. If you're interested in investing alongside me in alternative investments like multifamily apartment complexes, then head to ellishammond.com to learn more about that. Cheers. Cheers.